Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here with Joe Stolte at Futurescope. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Pretty good, Andy. Thanks for having me. Great. Great to have you here. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing at Futurescope. Yeah, absolutely. So um, nice to meet everybody. My name is Joe Stolte, as Andy said, and I'm the CEO of Futurescope. And uh, what we're doing is we're helping um, publishers and small to medium business owners create automated emails uh, using artificial intelligence. Uh, it's really quite extraordinary what's possible today. And what we've uh, done with our early product is we actually help people publish these um, AI automated email newsletters um, and you can get them fixed up in just minutes. And what's extraordinary about them is they're actually producing uh, anywhere from a 40 to 70% daily open rate without you having to write a single email, uh, helping you engage your audience, position yourself as a thought leader, stay top of mind, and of course, uh, drive impressions to your offers, to your sales, so you can sell more stuff. I love this idea, Joe. I I, uh, I, I know how hard it is as a content company for most companies to write a newsletter, send it out. There's usually a lot of hands in the process and a lot of work that goes into each newsletter. Tell me a little bit about how you make it easy for your customers. Yeah, absolutely. So the way we make it easy for customers is actually in a number of ways, but I think in order to appreciate what we do to make it easier, it might make sense to stop and understand like what's happening in reality and why it's so difficult. Um, so today, something like 80 to 81% of, uh, of SMBs in English-speaking countries, they rely on email as their primary source of new customer acquisition and retention, uh, which would be fine, except that the average time that it takes them to publish an email that has anything to do with marketing, either a one-off marketing email or a newsletter, is anywhere from one to three weeks. And mo most of that time is spent thinking what to create and actually coming up with the content or creating it yourself. And so what we've done is we've kind of made that process extraordinarily simple. Uh, by using large language learning models in AI, we can go out and scour the world's information, literally looking at hundreds of thousands of sources and millions of articles. And then what we do is we curate content for your newsletter that goes out to your audience. And the way that we do it and sort of what's special about it is we've built something called a perspective engine. So our AI actually understands what an article is about. Is it talking about something that's way out in the far future or something that's right now? Is it talking about a scientific breakthrough or something in real estate? And so what it can basically do is take that content and we're able to look at all of the news and all of the content in the world and do something really cool, which is we strip out paywalls, clickbait, and negative news. So we're basically producing something that we call future forward positive news. And the reason why that's important is because it creates something in our subscribers that I call hopamine. It's like a mixture of hope and novelty and dopamine all mixed together. And that's why we get such extraordinary open rates for our newsletters and for the newsletters of the publishers on our platform. That's so fantastic. And, and how long does it take typically to produce a newsletter compared to the one to three weeks? Yeah, so we can create a test newsletter with a brand or a publisher in minutes. We can literally sit down and have it done in minutes. The interesting thing is, is most people are uh, getting in their own way. You know, it's kind of like when I bought my Tesla and I went out and uh, on the freeway and I used autopilot, it, it was really strange and I was uncomfortable and I didn't want to use it. And then I got used to it, right? I got used to like letting the AI drive, which is 
you know, in my opinion, much more challenging than letting an AI write an email for you. Um, but we get used to it. You know, it's like like people are still getting used to brands and decision makers inside of brands are still getting used to letting an AI drive a significant marketing motion within their business. And I think that uh, to the extent that brands are willing to trust AI, but not just that, but to fuse their own intelligence into it, uh, and our platform allows them to do that, um, you can literally get your newsletter out in minutes to a test audience, figure out what works, create a feedback loop with the AI and scale it from there. Um, you know, the average publisher is taking somewhere like a week or two weeks, get their first one out. And then once it gets going and the AI is getting a feedback loop, it literally writes the newsletter for you. So you don't have to uh, do any more manual review or touching or tweaking. Uh, you just let it go and it will start publishing to your audience in your name uh, every day if you choose to. So when you let it go like that, I know that there's probably people are thinking to themselves, how, how do I make sure that it's saying the right things that I want it to say to my audience? What's the review process like? How do I curate it from there or make any changes? It, the AI will present options for me, but then what happens? Yeah, so we have this uh, feature, like all good email platforms, naturally as a marketer or someone sending a communication one-to-many to, many to a, a list of uh, lots of people or you know hundreds of thousands of people, you're going to want to look at what's going out before it goes out. And so we actually have the same thing in our platform where you can see a preview of everything that's going on in the newsletter. Uh, the difference between, let's say, like a preview you might see in like a MailChimp or uh, your kind of standard mail service provider that's allowing you to communicate with your customers is every time you make a change to your email preview, the AI is learning from that. So if you remove an article, you can tell the AI from a drop-down menu, why did you remove it? If you're changing a subtitle or redoing a headline, um, you're able to, the AI is getting a feedback loop from you as the publisher to say, oh, okay, I get it. You want less of that and more of this, uh, which is extraordinary. The other thing that's really fascinating is our AI will actually analyze the, the subject line and it'll tell you like a percentage sort of confidence interval, if you will, of how likely that subject line is to be opened. And if you don't like it, you literally just hit refresh and the AI will write you a new one and another one and another one until you can see that it's producing the maximum possible best, you know, subject line or headline uh, for that particular email. Um, and you can do that with the article summaries, the headlines of the article and the images of the article. Um, the fascinating thing that's happening here, Andy, is it's not just about AI. It's about the synthesis between AI and human beings, right? If you think about the greatest chess players in the world, you know, so many years ago, uh, I think it was 2014, uh, IBM's AI beat the world's greatest chess player. Um, and now, you know, today's best chess players aren't just AI. It's a human plus an AI. And we think the same thing is going to be true for a couple of years when it comes to marketing, content, and communications. It's using your uh, best skills and tricks as a publisher combined with all of the intelligence that the AI brings to really maximize the, the efficacy of your email or of whatever the medium is that you're choosing to engage AI on. And we're just trying to make that as simple as possible and allow the AI to be great at what it's great at and allow you as a brand or a small business to be great at what you're great at. It's so great. And it's such a useful tool to be able to stay in front of your customers with newsletters. Uh, what verticals do you service? What, who, who are some of your ideal customer profiles and who makes the best use out of your platform? Yeah, right now we're in a um, we're in a very limited uh, interview only beta program. So we've got about 60 early adopters in our early adopter program. Um, I think it's like seven different countries and 20 different industries. So there's a substantial spread and sort of variation across the industries that this is working in. Um, the ones that we've had uh, really good traction in 
um, are things like authors and thought leaders. So for example, we created the AI companion newsletter for uh, Dr. Peter Diamandez and Tony Robbins book, Life Force. Peter is of course, uh, my business partner and, and, and the chairman of the company. Um, so we did the AI newsletter for their book. That book hit the New York Times bestseller list. And this list has done really well. Uh, last week, we launched uh, something called the Connection Insider for Joe Polish's book, What's in it for them. That book just hit the New York Times bestseller list. I think it was number five. Hopefully it gets to number one over time. This is a great book and Joe's an awesome guy. Uh, and we're talking to a number of other sort of, uh, you know, call it authors or publishers in that space. But I get it. Not everybody's brand is like you don't have the following of a Tony Robbins or a Dr. Peter Diamandis, or you're not the maybe like the marketing chops of a Joe Polish. So, you know, we're working with everybody from, let's say, like the National Electricians Association of Australia to, you know, uh, real estate firms, mortgage firms, uh, financial services firms, VCs, financial services, private equity, um, you know, even like heavy machinery. And we've got a customer that's doing things in the and golf. I mean, it's, it's really kind of all over the place and you don't need a huge following. You just need to know how you want to communicate with your audience and to bring your magic to the party so that you can sort of combine with the AI intelligence to get a great output for you and your, and your subscribers or customers. That's great. And talk to me a little bit about the content that's in the newsletters, right? So I get these articles that get presented to me of information that I can send to my prospects. Are those links out to other people's websites or are those links to my content on my website? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I'll give you a little bit of context first. The, the way we see the evolution of content on the internet, you just think about the internet in three really big phases. The first phase was just, just connecting, getting online. You know, so everyone's just getting connected. And, you know, um, I, I was around before there was an internet. And so I remember uh, being a young kid in, in like 94, 95, getting on AOL and everyone's just kind of getting connected and getting online. From there, there the next big wave or the next big phase was, was creation. Everybody was creating. You have this massive boom of content creators. And that's when you saw the birth of, of different platforms, whether that's Instagram or YouTube or the blogging platforms, et cetera. And you've just got a, like, an, an insane amount of creation, which is like, good, but it's also a lot of noise, right? There's a lot to sift through there. And if you're going to create a new piece of content, it's now there's so much content being created. There's such stiff competition to write good content, good evidenced by its ability to grab people's attention that um, it's really hard to make great content. Let's be honest. Um, and all of us content creators have, have experienced that. I mean, it's a real art and science to it. Um, so that entered the third phase, which is the phase of the curator. It's being able to look out across the world of extraordinary content and say, oh, my audience would like that. And my audience would like that. And my audience would like that. And to curate uh, really interesting content to engage your audience and then mix your own content in there. You know, and that's really what our newsletters do is we use AI to do the curation for you. So the AI is what's looking at you know, these hundreds of thousands of articles and uh, millions of different, uh, hundreds of thousands of sources and millions of different um, articles and, and news types. And it's doing the curation for you. And then you can actually control how it does the curation. But the way that it works is we're creating a curated newsletter. And so when I send a newsletter out um, uh, to my audience, they're getting a, a curated feed and that's gonna take them when they click out of the newsletter, that's gonna take them to the source article. So it's not gonna take them uh, to your web page, not yet, uh, although that's coming. Uh, but today, it's just really simple. We're just trying to help you be an, a world-class curator with the help of AI to send your audience really interesting information. And then inside of that, you can stick your own offers in, and you can uh, have a communication level with your customers that you maybe didn't have before. 
because it's really difficult to have a daily discussion with your audience on social media because of the way the algorithms work, right? But in your inbox, it's much easier. So if you can give your audience and your subscribers, your customers, your list, a reason to pay attention to you every day or every week, now you've got another opportunity to, to give them your own original content or to sell them something, give them an offer that's going to help them. So that's, that's how it works. Very cool. Very cool. And I, I love the, the, the whole direction of the business. Talk to me a little bit about the origin story of how you got started. People love to hear origin stories. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how we got started. I'll tell you kind of how we think about where we're going. Um, so originally, uh, the two original founders of the business were Evan Pagan and Dr. Peter Diamandis. And Evan had been paying his team to go out and curate manually uh, you know, the, what he was calling different converging technologies, things that were happening at the intersection of one technology and another to try to understand what that meant for him and his business and what that meant particularly around seeing new opportunities. And the, the, really the idea that uh, inspired Evan is he, uh, he read this book about back in the day before there was uh, like a, a digital stock market. And there was, a, there was a man who was taking the stock orders and quotes and writing them on a chalkboard and going back and taking the orders and writing them on a chalkboard. Well, this guy gained a real strategic and tactical intuition of what the markets were doing just from taking orders and writing them on the chalkboard so everybody could see it. And he became uh, you know, an extraordinary investor in the markets just from getting this intuition. So Evan was like, well, what if we could do that today with all the interesting and uh, converging and exploding exponential technologies. And then Peter was doing something very similar. You know, he was paying his team to write, write an email newsletter for him. And part of that looked like curation and part of that looked like having him have people write content and him in partnership with him. And so when they got together, they first solved the problem for themselves. And then, uh, and then eventually I came along and met them and said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could take this uh, product to the world and help everybody do this. And, uh, you know, back in January, I became the CEO of the company. And that's really what we've been focused on uh, this year is helping them with that. And in the future, you know, if you think about where we're going with this, we really see ourselves as an AI media company. If you think about like at the time of this recording, what's really popular right now is the idea of generative AI, like generative AI is really having a moment, you know, whether that, that's basically using AI and machine learning to generate, you know, text or images or in some cases, voice, in some cases, video. Um, and it's really extraordinary what's what's happening right now. And so we see uh, now, and, and other research firms are seeing as well, that you know within the next 10 years, 90% plus of, of content created is going to be either directly and, and fully created by an AI or significantly altered and helped through the process by an AI. So we see ourselves as an AI media company and email is just the first stop. And, and, and you know, using imagery and text is just the first stop. Um, we, we really see this going into video and voice and audio and just imagine you being able to clone your digital identity and be able to engage with your customers on a one-to-one -one basis and have it authentically reflect your brand, your brand voice, and, and actually sound and look like you. Um, that future is not that far off. We're just starting with email today because that's the best surface area based on how advanced the technology is. But as things get crazier and crazier, we're going to be right there to help drive this idea of AI media. It makes a lot of sense. And I think for the curator, what it sounds like to me is that it helps to elevate the curator's share of voice and, and position in the market. So they become sort of like an educator and an expert in their, in their category, whereas oftentimes newsletters are, you're selling something. And so those newsletters aren't necessarily educational. Whereas if you're an aggregator and a curator, you have an opportunity to be able to educate your audience, which elevates your perception in the reader's mind in a different way. 
A hundred percent. It is a very value first approach. How can I find and create value for my audience before I ask or try to extract value through a sale? And so just by finding really great content and paying attention to with your own intuition, but also with your, you know, your AI superpower companion here to help really dig into what your audience cares about, to give them, you know, not just interesting information, but most content, most news in the world today, 90 to 92% of it is negative or extremely negative context and sentiment. So, you know, as the media says, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, we're basically taking all that crap out and we're, we're giving you a chance to give people this positive content that matches your curation interests plus the curation interests of your audience in a way that's really never been possible before. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, we only see it getting more advanced and better just as time goes on here. Love the, love the direction. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the business side of, of the company. How do you generate revenue? Yeah, so today in our early adopter program, we are just a very traditional B2B SaaS company. Um, so, you know, you pay a monthly fee to use the service and then that's metered based on the number of subscribers you have. There's three tiers. And, uh, you know, when we go to market publicly uh, in 2023, it'll be the same and you will pay extra for certain features or, you know, how many times you use certain things. So, for example, um, if you want to create AI generated imagery for your for your uh, original content or for your newsletter, you know, that'll be metered based on how many times you use it. There'll be a small fee for that. Um, but at a basic level, just how many subscribers you have drives how much you pay per month. And then in the future, though, we really see as this uh, platform really grows, uh, really creating an opportunity to create uh, what we call peer-to-peer -peer ad network. So imagine, you know, Andy, if, if you and I were both talking to uh, the CEOs of, of, you know, let's say companies with, you know, 10 to 500 employees, and you wanted to place an ad in my newsletter, the AI could say, hey, Joe has a similar audience to you, Andy, would you like to place an ad in his newsletter? And then the AI could create the ad and you could suggest how much you'd be willing to pay to for place the ad in my newsletter. And then me as a publisher, I can approve or, or deny that. And so, you know, there's just a really extraordinary opportunity to also just advertise across each other's emails and owned marketing channels uh, that really only exists in, in really small pockets today. And it really isn't assisted by AI. So we really see a huge opportunity to unlock these sort of latent audiences, you know, and you could monetize your audience in a, in a way that's even more interesting than selling, you know, selling people more of your stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And getting, getting your message in front of the right people through this peer-to-peer -peer kind of environment. I love the peer-to-peer -peer aspect of that because right now every advertiser is behind an algorithm that is a black box. But if you can kind of take that black box and put it in the hands of marketers and let them put their message in front of an audience that they know is responsive to certain kind of messaging that would resonate with them and their business, that becomes a you know, big advantage for any kind of marketer. That's right. We sort of see these owned media channels as like gray markets of CPMs, you know, uh, mm -hmm. whether that's the, uh, mm -hmm. the inbox, the email inbox or the SMS inbox, or uh, if you're, for example, publishing your newsletter on a Discord or a Slack or in a Telegram channel, you know, people, the way that we as brands communicate with our audience is uh, bifurcated in, in many ways. And we sort of see that's going to continue to be the case. And I think the most interesting uh, channels are the ones that we own, where we don't have any algorithm blocking our ability to have that authentic connection to our end customers. And we really want to be able to open those up and, you know, uh, have people share those with each other and monetize them if they choose to. That that resonates so much with, with what we do at Right For Me. So, because we 
tell all of our clients and prospects that in this day and age, everybody's a publisher. Um, and it, it, the, the landscape has changed dramatically and it's your opportunity to become that publisher. So tell me a little bit about your marketing strategy for educating prospective customers so that they can become that kind of publisher. Yeah, um, for us for us as a company now, I mean, we're very fortunate to have you know pretty big audience given our, our founding team. And so that's really where we've been going to, to get our initial early adopters. Uh, from there, we'll go into what we call phase two, which will work with some very strategic partners, you know, uh, that ha also have an aligned audience and list that we can go on a limited basis and, and go create offers for them. And then eventually, you know, we will we'll release it to the public and, and anybody that's interested in joining can join. Uh, in the meantime, we'll probably put up a wait list in January, build some demand that way. And, um, you know, I think at full tilt, we're operating across all three, you know, major channels like owned uh, or organic uh, partnerships and then paid media. And uh, that's really been the playbook. If you look at some of the other uh, generative AI companies or services in the space, you know, it's it, it, most of them are, uh, they have really good marketing teams as founding teams. And so uh, thankfully they've laid out a nice framework and uh, our team has also got, you know, like significant experience in all of those uh, domains. So that's, that's kind of how we're thinking about going to market. Very exciting. And if you were to uh, celebrate something a year from now, what would you like to be celebrating? Oh, I would love to be celebrating that we hit our, you know, 10 million subscriber and our 500,000th 500, uh, publisher on the platform. That would be uh, that would be an extraordinary milestone for us to, uh, to look back and celebrate. Love that. Love that. Well, tell the listeners how they can find you and how they can sign up. Yeah. So if you're uh, hearing this or watching this, you can go over to futurescope.com. And uh, yeah, just sign up for a demo. And uh, you know, if we're accepting new early adopters, um, you can book a call with someone on our team. We'll uh, set up a newsletter for you and uh, you can sign up if you're interested. Wonderful. Well, Joel Stolte from Futurescope, thank you so much, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. Great, good luck to you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.